As you can tell from my voice, I just woke up. I, I forgot it was Sunday. And I have things to do today. So I had to wake up super duper early. But uh, I wake up to Cape Town, to the most beautiful view of, of Table Mountain, which is what I'm looking at right now. So if you hear my voice kind of go in and out, it's because I keep turning and looking uh, at that. Hi. How are you? It's Rough Sundays. America's Queen. And we have come to the final episode in our three-part series on Graceland by Paul Simon. If you're just now joining us for this show, you might want to go back and listen to the first two because we've, we've gotten to a lot of controversy, a lot of everything. But Graceland... Think about the first time you, you you played Graceland or you heard Graceland or you heard somebody talking about it. You know, it, it, it was previously just this really kind of cool cross-cultural, I mean, very cool cross-cultural thing that, that Paul Simon did. And I think uh, nearly everybody loves the album. Not everybody. I should, I should, I should, wait, hang on. Sorry, like I said, it's early and I don't want to edit this, so... You're going to be stuck. Fortunately, it's, a, it's, it's good music that we have, of course, Graceland and the artists behind it. But uh, not everybody did love that album. In fact, it was so controversial that the UN had to step in. Grenades were thrown into Paul Simon's storage unit with his, with his touring band stuff. He himself had a, a hit put out on him. You know, Steve Van Sant had to step in. We mentioned that last. Just a whole lot more. I really wanted to do that music. But I was very aware of what was going on politically in South Africa. And I do think it's regrettable that with the brilliance of what you did with these musicians, uh, there was this uh, conflagration around it on a political level. And I was immediately struck by the extreme racial tension. And coming from a country that was racially tense, I was absolutely unprepared for what it felt like in the air. The law of the land was apartheid. You can't go there. The way in which you interact with other peoples is on a free basis between free people. I remember talking about the issue of Paul Simon that I did not think that it was correct for him to come. Paul Simon has run into political problems in South Africa. The African National Congress protested Simon's recording in South Africa, a violation, they said, of the UN's cultural boycott. The boycott stated that South African musicians could not play anywhere in the world. Paul decided that uh, it was a risk he was prepared to take. That was the flaw in the cultural boycott, saying, we won't let you come over here and record and bring what you know to intermingle with what, what we know so that we can grow, so that we all can grow. The album had the controversy around it. It was very vexed going to South Africa at that time. And you got the feeling that Paul Simon had gone in there on a stealth mission and collaborated with the South Africans. I mean, he was collaborating, it turned out, with the right South Africans, but the whole project seemed a little odd. So come along for, yes, even more controversy than previously mentioned. <laughs> like, almost every track has some sort of smoke behind it. It's, it's laughable at this point. Uh, but fortunately, today, we get to start off with everybody's favorite, Ladysmith Blackman Buzzo, and uh, the song that started it all, a song called Homeless. 
And this was a song that Paul Simon first recorded a few, like he took their song and he, he put a few vocal tracks over it and then he mailed it back to them, mailed it from New York to here in South Africa. After two weeks, he saw the cassette came in the post office from Paul Simon. And then we put the cassette to play. So he was playing a piano and singing only two lines. Homeless, homeless, moonlight sleeping on the midnight lake. And then he was doing some other noise, like a did group, group, troops. And then when we, we said, oh, and maybe he was trying to say, and then do all those things. They wrote back and said, yeah, they liked it and they had some ideas. And we decided to, re to go to um, Abbey Road Studios in London. London? First class. London? <laughs> and then the song didn't want to work at all. And Paul Simon said, okay, let's call it a day and then we'll see it tomorrow. We went back to our hotel very disappointed because yes, yes. usually, ladies and gentlemen, we record 12 songs a day. But this time, only one song, we couldn't make it. We were so disappointed. And then we practiced the song until 12 midnight. And then the song was together. The next day when we went to the studio and Joseph Jackson woke up to Paul Simon said, we have been practicing. So we want you to listen what we have been practicing. Just like I'm, I'm angry. And then Paul, homeless, I nearly faint. I thought he's going to wait until we finish. And he gets there in the right position. I think it took two takes. They had it so perfectly. The beginning of the song is a folk song or a traditional song. I said, well, what does it mean? And they said, oh, we're far away from home and we're sleeping and our fists are our pillows. And I said, oh, it's, oh that's beautiful. <laughs> was finished we were so excited and so satisfied and then we said Oof, this is it wonderful <laughs> Sing. Homeless, homeless, moonlight sleeping on a midnight lake. Homeless. Sleeping on a midnight 
Somebody cry, why, why, why? Somebody sing. Somebody sing, hello, hello, hello. Somebody sing. Somebody cry, why, why, why? Somebody sing. Hit your man up. Hit your man up. The sun over no kiss. Hit your man up. Hit your man up. Somebody say, somebody sing, hello, 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 somebody say, somebody cries, why, 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 somebody say, somebody sing, hello, 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 somebody Somebody cry, why, why, why? Kulumani, Kuluman, Kulumani says, Sing hands and jump. Bayachabulava Sitanda. Lee Smith Blackman Bazo. Paul Simon. Off the album Graceland. Song is called Homeless. Podcast is called Rough Sundays. Host is called Erica's Queen. And uh, as I down some more coffee, and as the sun comes up, just to the left of Table Mountain here, let's just get back into some more Lady Smith Black Mombazo, shall we? From the album, the Grammy-winning album, Shaka Zulu, an album produced by Paul Simon himself. It's King of Kings. Oh, King of Kings, King of Kings, before you, Father, appealing, asking for peace in the rest of the country. Lord of Lords, before you, Father, appealing, asking for peace in the rest of the country. Our Father, our Father, we are asking. For peace in the world, our Father, our Father, we are asking for peace in the world. Our Father, our Father, we are asking for peace in the world. Our Father, our Father, we are asking. For 
for peace in the world. Reveal yourself, reveal yourself. Reveal yourself, reveal yourself. Reveal yourself, reveal from heaven. Because we are directing to you, to you, to Almighty. We are directing to you forever, Almighty. The sun rise and set. Set and set. The sun rise and set forever, Almighty. Your promise, our Father, set fear down low. For I am with thee, be not dismayed. For I am thy God, I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee. With my right hand of my righteousness. Reveal yourself, reveal yourself. Reveal yourself, reveal yourself, Rise and set forever, Almighty. Reveal yourself, reveal yourself, Almighty. Because we are directing to you forever, Almighty. Because we are directing to you forever, Almighty. Reveal yourself, reveal yourself, Almighty. That cause we are directing to you. Forever, Almighty, because we are directing to you. Forever, Almighty, reveal yourself, reveal yourself, Almighty, reveal yourself, reveal yourself, Almighty, because we are directing to you. Forever, Almighty, because we are directing to you. I was really frustrated by not being able to get the lyrics to fit. And then I'd say, okay, well, let me really listen to what's going on. And when I started to really listen, then I realized that the guitar part was playing a different symmetry than I had assumed it was playing and the bass was doing something that was much more important and that you really might be better off following what the bass was doing.
Charlie the Archangel sloped into the room He said, I have no opinion about this And I have no opinion about that Sad as a lonely little wrinkled balloon He said, well, I don't claim to be happy about this, boys And I don't seem to be happy about that I don't want no part of this crazy love I don't want no part of your love I don't want no part of Jokes this time, the joke is on me. Well, I have no opinion about that, and I have no opinion about me. Somebody could walk into this room and say, Your life is on fire. It's all over the evening news, all about the fire in your life on the evening news. I don't want no fire.
Simon featuring Good Rock and Dopsy and the Twisters. That was your mother. It's Rough Sundays. I'm Erica's Queen. The coffee is slowly kicking in. The sun is coming up and illuminating the, the bowl, I think they call it. It's the bowl. The way the city's set up. I'll explain it visually. Hang on. I'll explain that some other time. But Good Rock and Dopsy. Crown Prince of Zydeco. In fact, I spent a night drinking with the sun. Rock and Dopsy Jr., one night in New Orleans, which involves uh, quite a bit of drink and a story I was tempted to tell, but it might come across as insensitive. Never in New Orleans. Not insensitive by New Orleans standard, but no, thing, no such thing as... There's no PC in New Orleans, you know? So maybe I won't tell you this story about Rock and Dopsy Jr. I'll tell it to you in person. I'll have to make sure you're not recording when I'm telling it to you, but it's a good story. It's a funny story. Anyway, one of my favorite tracks, though, and I, th I think much in part of it is because of that Zydeco sound and because it takes me back to those long, boozy afternoons there in, in uptown New Orleans where I called home for a little while at least. 
I mean, long boozy afternoons, long boozy mornings, long boozy evenings, you name it. It's, uh, it's New Orleans. It's home of the world's shortest hangover, I think. Matthew McConaughey wrote that, and he's correct. I actually walked next to him in a second line of funeral for a, uh, a famous bar owner. I'm just name-dropping left and right, aren't I? Sorry. Jeez Louise. Anyway, Rock and Dopsy, Good Rock and Dopsy, or Good Rock and Doopsy. Not sure they misspelled that on the album, but um, a nice little Creole sound. A little Zydeco. Um, but sadly, it, um, it needs us, leads us. It leads us to yet another dark chapter of Graceland. Um, not one. I'm telling you, this album is controversial, if you haven't got that already. Um, but we still have two people accusing Paul Simon of plagiarism. And this next track, by Good Rock and Dopsy, might explain why.
kind of sound, kind of teeny tiny bit like the track off of Graceland. No? Now, the first of two plagiarism charges, uh, Rock and Dopsy accused him of stealing, but never pressed charges. Um, and Dopsy is listed as co-writer. But as big as Paul Simon was, I can't, I can't see him doing this without being covered legally somehow, you know, because he just repurposed the song. He Simonized it, as one of the articles said, but who knows. But he was also in this, like, very defiant move with this album. And I don't know if this was him just being a, a jerk. And by all accounts, yeah, he kind of comes across as a jerk. But, uh, you know, the, the UN boycott didn't scare him. The threats of neutralization and grenades. So um, defiant. And it gave us Graceland. But anyway, that's the word. Him stealing from Rock and Dopsy. And uh, I will ask his son about that the next time I see him in New Orleans. I'm not sure if he still wants to speak to me after the thing. I'll tell you when I see him. Uh, Anyway, weirdly or maybe intentionally, this brings us to the second in a row and third in total uh, in claims of stealing and claims of... Is it plagiarism or plagiarism? Because I do hear both. Controversy or controversy? Who knows? It's basically a Duolingo show at this point. But um, let's get back to the song in question, or in contention, or whatever it is. It's Paul Simon, Las Lobos, All Around the World, or The Myth of Fingerprints. That's why we must learn to live alone. 
Rough Sundays, Paul Simon, Los Lobos, All Around the World, or The Myth Fingerprints, off the album Graceland. And that's the last track, but in no way the last bit of controversy, because um, Los Lobos hate Paul Simon. Here's the story. Um, he needed a song for Graceland. I don't know, something rockier. So, because he and Los Lobos were on the same label, um, Los Lobos came into the studio to jam with him for a couple days. They jammed. Paul Simon got what he needed. And uh, that he went on to, to write and produce all around the world with the fingerprints. And then it came out on the album. And then Los Lobos, namely Steve Berlin, uh, went after him saying that uh, he stole from them, that he had nothing planned when they got into the studio and then he basically just took their jam sessions repurposed it never gave them credit here's why this is suspect you're Las Lobos you're huge right you've just done La Bamba um, you don't just walk into a studio with Paul Simon failure or not as Hearts and Bone was you don't walk into a studio without without covering yourself legally without saying okay yeah we'll come to the studio we'll do this what are we going to get co-writing credit royalties so it kind of sounds like to me a little bit of jealousy which the two of the three uh am I boring you I'm boring myself sorry I need to I usually do this thing on Saturdays and it's it's way too early for me to, to anyway uh, I just think it's suspect. I think it's um, look. I I can um, I can tell you from experience that when you are incredibly successful, that uh, people start to be not nice to you. Okay, and I can tell you that from experience because everybody's really nice to me. So <laughs> you know, it works the other way too. So uh, I don't know. It kind of sounds like a lot of jealousy. Or they just wanted a bit of money. Who knows? But I mean, it's Paul Simon, not the world's nicest guy. As mentioned by many, many, many people. But um, that does bring us to the end of it. And that was interesting. It was it was a lot of work. You know, usually I can just get up and do the show and play some of the tracks I've been listening to. I mean, this was a lot of work, these three shows. So I really hope you enjoyed it. I did enjoy it. I learned a lot. And it takes me back to... Uh, New York, this was the, the, the New York chapter of my life. My flatmate, my roommate, also a friend from my school, he, he basically ran jazz at Lincoln Center. And he called me one night and he said, do you have plans right now? I said, no. He said, get over here, jazz at Lincoln Center. He had, uh, he had two extra tickets to Paul Simon and Wynton Marsalis playing. And my seat was in the balcony. And it basically split the stage, you know, like I'm hovering half over the stage, half over the audience. And so I got to watch what Paul Simon was like to the audience. And then I got to see what he was like when he turned around. He had like, I, I want to say 16, 18 piece band. And the man's ear, you know, as, as, a, as a composer, like he would point to like the second bass and he would say, bring it down a little bit. And then he would like, like the man is an absolute genius and he was genius to watch. And it's, it's after that show when I really, really, really became a massive Paul Simon fan. Oh, side note, directly below me was a guy that I'm, I'm, I want to be sensitive when I said he was kind of dressed like a pimp. He had on a big hat, a very bright suit, had some wingtips. 
This dude was standing the entire show and seemed to know the words to every Paul Simon song. After the show, backstage, I didn't get to meet Simon. I didn't really get to meet anybody, but I just went backstage to say hi and thank you to, to my friend Dave. And I see the man that was below me, who was standing up for the entire Paul Simon concert, who was dressed in 70s flair, more or less, we can say. Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> Morpheus is a very big Paul Simon fan. But to me, that, I don't know, like, I love that. And I love the fact that, uh, despite all the controversy, you know, this album brought out music from where I'm sitting right here in South Africa. And um, because of that, people like Lady Smith Blackman Basso and Miriam Makeba and countless others um, were able to, to get their music out during what was a really, really dark time for this country. And it's just a fantastic album. Can you hear my stomach growling? I'm not kidding when I say I literally just woke up, poured coffee, and, and, and did this show, which you can probably tell by the quality of my hosting this week. But anyway, um, put Graceland in again and appreciate it for all of its glory, both positive and negative. And we'll be back again next week when the show is just going to be super easy and like five, six tracks. And I don't talk so much and it's not so girthy. But uh, anyway, I hope you liked it. I'm off to hike Table Mountain in front of me. It's a nice three-day weekend here. It's, it's Women's Day tomorrow, which is very, very cool. And um, we'll touch base next week. Like I said, very easy, very laid-back show. That's it. That's all I got. No. Wow, I tried to think of something witty. I got nothing. I'm going to drink coffee. See you later.